0: Christ is risen the disciples and we (laughs) can now exclaim all except one we know who he is many of us know the story labeling our dear friend and the dear disciple Thomas as a doubter some of us were extolled by our well-meaning Sunday school teachers not to doubt, as Thomas had, but instead believe. Simply have faith. After years and years of hearing lessons and well-intended messages like this, we seem to develop this innate belief that having doubt is an unwelcome or even an experience to be ashamed of on our faith journey. And yet, we know that this sensation of doubt is a natural part of what it means to be human and grapple with human experiences. So as we read through Thomas's story together this evening, I invite us all to ponder the true function of doubt for Thomas. How might we rediscover doubt as a natural aspect of the experience of Thomas' grief rather than a negative and unwanted attribute to our walk of faith? I invite you to also take a notice of where is it that the Holy Spirit is guiding your attention. As we do together, I will ask for a moment of sharing where that place is for you. So hear these words as we continue the story that Cindy shared with us moments ago. In verse 24, But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, My friends, this is the word of God given to us as the children of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be found pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, friends, where did the Spirit pull your attention in this story? What did you take notice of? Yeah, Journey. Mm Mm-hmm. commenting on the fact that Thomas had to touch and to see in order to believe, but with faith, it's not something we can necessarily touch and see. Thank you, Journey. Yes, John. Beautiful. John shared that Thomas didn't have to ask for Jesus to do anything. Jesus already knew and extended the invitation to touch and to see. Hmm. Any others? Yep, Ms. Barber. We don't know a lot mm hmm Right, right. Thomas needed proof. Nope, go ahead. I thought it was interesting that Thomas wasn't with them. They tell him he said, Well, I'm not nope. going to believe it yet. He showed up with them a week later. So there's a part of them, I think, that is curious. Yeah. Yep. You got it for me, Chase? Almost there. Does anyone have one more thought before Chase gets there? Oh, yes, Ms. Teresa. I just how much is it going to take? How much is it going to take? I mean, Jesus has performed many miracles that Thomas must have been aware of. Absolutely. How much is it going to take? Chase, are you almost there? You got it? Let's do one more. We don't have the opportunity. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead, Chase. Mm. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you. So... Shikui Wu is a recent graduate of the Rhode Island School of Design, where he received a master's degree in fine arts, and his specialty was in glass blowing. As a Chinese student, he had a difficult time reconciling this new reality of living in the United States with what he has always known growing up in China. And out of this struggle, he developed his master's thesis around the use of art as a bridge between what once was and this new way of living. In 2019, as Wu was studying in Rhode Island, his beloved grandmother unexpectedly passed away after a swift battle with cancer. And he couldn't believe it. The moment he received the news from his parents, the only thing that was running through his mind was the memory of her chicken soup, the way it tasted, the way it felt. How many of you have had loved ones who have passed and you miss their, their good cooking? My grandpa made the best uh, shrimp pasta He had a fancy word for it that I could never pronounce, so I just called it pasta. Will forever miss it. We all have those those moments of remembrance. And as Wu wrestled with the disbelief of this new reality, a reality where he would never again taste his grandma's chicken soup, he desperately saw something that would help him to come to terms with her passing. And so he made a glass replica. I don't know if you can see it. I'll pass it to Journey to show online in a minute. Made, physically made, a glass replica of the dish that she served this chicken soup in. It was something tangible, a physical proof, a doorway, if you will, in which, which Wu 's memory and lived experience of time shared with his grandma connected to connected with this new reality, a reality where his grandmother will no longer make him this soup. It was a doorway where Wu has an opportunity to reconcile his doubt of her passing with the memories that keep her spirit alive. I wonder if this is what it was like for Thomas. If this was Thomas's experience in our passage this evening. A crisis of reality, if you will. Trying to reconcile memory and lived experience with a new possibility. You see, Thomas was there that day, that dreadful day. He saw Jesus' beaten and broken body hanging there for all to see. He heard the mocking laughter and the jeers as Christ, his beloved teacher, And friend drew his final breath. And while the other disciples were gathered together in that locked room in fear and in grief, I wonder if Thomas just needed some time alone to grieve and to process by himself. Maybe he needed that time away. So he set off on his own. We don't know where he went. We don't know why he wasn't in that room, the first encounter the disciples had with Jesus. We just know he wasn't there. And when he finally emerged from his quiet processing space, he was bombarded with this wildly shocking news. Christ is alive! We've seen him! I can only imagine... How jarring that news must have been after the experience that Thomas just had. After witnessing that excruciating death of Christ, his friend, to be told from a third party, even one that he trusted, that he was living and breathing, and even made that secret appearance. Friends, I think if I were Thomas in that moment, I might have been a little doubtful also, would we not? Thomas needed a little help reconciling his lived experience, his memory with the possibility of this new reality, one where death is defeated, one where resurrection is possible and has happened in the person of Christ. Kate Bowler, one of my professors at Duke Divinity School, is also a brilliant author and theologian. And some of you may remember Steve Price uh, a couple of Sundays ago mentioning um, Kate Bowler. She has such a unique experience with the battle of cancer and how to reconcile her faith with some of the messages, well-intended messages, she received from others. She's brilliant, and she writes with such candor. And she wrote these beautifully thought-provoking blessings. Uh, And one of these blessings is about doubt. And in it, she says, Blessed are we, receiving the gift of doubt, For we trust that doubt is a doorway, freeing us to become that which we could not otherwise have known. Doubt is a doorway, she says. And what is a doorway other than a place where two rooms are connected, where two spaces meet, where one space gives way to a new space? So what if, what if for Thomas, doubt was not something to be scolded for or ashamed of? What if it was a doorway to connect his grief, his pain, his memory of watching a man he adored die brutally with this new reality of resurrection? Because when doubt is a doorway, Rather than a roadblock, it creates a beautiful opportunity for Christ to meet us exactly where we are. You see, when Jesus entered the room that second time, before he spoke a word, he made his way to Thomas and offered Thomas his hands. Touch here, Thomas he offered Thomas his side. Feel here opening the door of doubt and walking with Thomas from the place of memory, from a place of disbelief and lived experience to the new life found in the promise of resurrection. Doubt is a doorway an opportunity for Christ to meet us exactly where we are and friends i don't know where the doorways of doubt are in your own lives but i what i do know is that Christ stands at that door begging to offer his hands and his side to offer whatever we need so that we might walk boldly and confidently into an experience of resurrected life that is beyond that threshold of doubt. As we close this evening, I invite you to hear this blessing of doubt from Kate Bowler. Blessed are we, who come to you in the discomfort of our doubt. For we trust that our honest unknowing is a truer and better prayer than bootstrapping efforts at certainty. Blessed are we, receiving the gift of doubt, for we trust that it is a doorway, freeing us to become that which we could not otherwise have known. Blessed are we, remembering that you, God, hold all things together. You are the invisible scaffolding that supports us, the canopy of love that protects us in the present, the stable pillars sunk deep into our past, and the dove that flies confidently toward the future, bearing for us the peace we could never have attained ourselves. Blessed are we settling into the truth that there are things that we cannot know. Settling into the humility that knows this one thing, that we are of the earth and that you are our God. Thanks be to God. Amen.